0: They invested their money with Madoff's, in some cases, all of their money, tens of millions of dollars, uh, which apparently he was taking, purporting to be uh, getting 10 15% returns on their money, when in fact he had lost all of it. Hello and welcome to NPR's Planet Money. I'm Adam Davidson.
1: And I'm Laura Conway. It's about 3.35 p.m. on Monday, December 15th here in New York, where everyone is just absolutely fascinated with this tale of Bernie Madoff.
0: I know. I definitely am.
1: It's on all the front pages everywhere. And our theme this week so happens to be the mysterious world of hedge funds.
0: Now, for those of you not obsessively reading the Wall Street Journal, like we are here at Planet Money, uh, we're on this theme of hedge funds because of this shocking story. Uh, Bernard Madoff is the 70 year old investment manager who really has been the very definition of respectability and trust, just seen as the most solid of solid Wall Street investors until last week, according to reports, he allegedly, fessed to his sons, and then his sons called the FBI. He said that he has been running a giant Ponzi scheme that has lost something like $50 billion. Ooh, yeah.
1: More on that in a little bit. Let's start first, Adam, with just a planet money indicator, okay?
0: All right, let's go somewhere totally different. Today's indicator is 306 million dollars tell me which that is how much that today ecuador's president rafael correa said he will not pay to those people who hold ecuadorian government bonds Really? yeah now this is a big deal uh, this is very rare uh, they call it a sovereign default when a government says we are not going to pay our debt and it, it's a, it almost never happens because it's basically screaming to the world, hey, don't invest your money in Ecuador. We are not trustworthy. And it, it actually has a ripple effect. Investors start looking at countries kind of like Ecuador. People are talking about Venezuela, Argentina, places with similar governments, similar financial structures. And it's harder for them to get money, especially at a time like this when investors are so nervous.
1: But. Ecuador has money. I mean, they've got all this oil money, right? So why is he?
0: Yeah, because they have struggle? something like two billion dollars in the bank. Uh, they clearly could write a check for thirty point six million dollars. That's not a big deal. Um, but m- my understanding is this is really about politics. That Correa has, who, by the way, studied economics in the U.S., he has presented himself to the, the Ecuadorian people as an ally of. Venezuela's Hugo Chavez as a leftist who's going to stick it to the Yankee imperialists and and that so so this is a way to sort of tell his crowd his, his audience and he's facing re-election hey see what I what I'll do wow. I'll, I'll mess them up. The thing that makes this a tragedy though and I do I think tragedy is not too strong. I mean Ecuador is a poor country and You know, I'm not saying every foreign investor is, like, doing everything in the right way. But foreign investment is one of the only ways for very poor countries to become slightly less poor countries or even middle-class countries. and. This just makes it that much more difficult for Ecuador to get any money from overseas. And, and, and you know, if this truly is, and we'll keep an eye on it, if it truly is just a political stunt, I you know, it is it, it, it makes your stomach hurt. It doesn't seem nice.
1: Okay, from that particular tragedy to a little bit of some homegrown absurdity or maybe absurd tragedy. I don't know. Bernie Madoff.
0: Yeah. Um, so, Laura, you've been cautioning me all day long. Allegedly, 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 allegedly he has not been found guilty in a court of law. Um, but uh, so so one thing that struck me as kind of nutty on, on the face of it is how did a guy run around convincing lots and lots of very wealthy, very sophisticated people to give him billions of dollars that he sort of squandered. It occurred to me that for people who don't know the world of New York hedge funds, which I've gotten to know a little bit, it's helpful to kind of set the stage to help us understand the world that Bernie Madoff comes from.
1: One of the things you have to know about hedge funds that you've been teaching me, Adam, is that you might think a hedge fund is all about Hedging, but they're not right. Right. I mean, this
0: is one of the big misnomers with hedge funds. Um, I think some of the big first ones were were the idea was you hedge your risk, so so that if you have a lot of money in you know financial stocks, you have some hedge. But most hedge funds are not about hedging. It's just really a legal entity. It's a term for a kind of management firm. We actually uh, brought in Felix Salmon, who's the fabulous financial blogger at portfolio.com to walk us, walk this through. Basically what Felix told us is that you know if you and I, I don't have five million dollars, my understanding is you don't. No. Um, and That's so we, a good guess, Adam. Right. So a hedge fund is a financial management company that is only open to people with at least five million dollars to invest. In other words, the government is saying Poor schmucks like you and me, Laura and Adam, who don't have five million, the government really needs to protect us because we could have all our money stolen by you know cheaters or something. So we can only go to places like Fidelity or Vanguard or you know Bank of America or whatever, and and those institutions that serve us the Great Unwashed, have a lot of government regulation, a lot of oversight. They're very carefully watched. A hedge fund, the very idea is the only people investing there are so rich that they could lose their money, so they're very much unregulated. They are, I mean, basically when you hear hedge fund, you should think that is an unregulated money manager. No more, no less.
2: And anyone can open a hedge fund, as I say. The the difficult thing is persuading people to invest in you and with you. And if you look at the histories of most of the biggest hedge funds most of them started off with literally investments from family and friends you know you'd go to your rich uncle or you know your family lawyer or your family dentist a bit like warren buffett did actually back in the early days and you got the people you know and you said hey listen i want to invest this money on your behalf and nowadays such people generally have five million dollars because there's so many rich people especially around the the northeastern United States where most of the hedge funds are. And you find a few people with enough money to be able to invest in hedge funds. And you start off with a few million bucks and you just grow out from there.
0: And for the customers, because here's the other interesting thing. I mean, I have, you know, just your standard, you know, 401k or in my case, 403b mutual funds. I have some of my own other mutual funds. I get Fidelity and stuff. And I get as often as I want, I can see exactly how much money I have in that account. I can see exactly what low cost index funds <laughs> i am uh, i own i can I can change those to another one whenever I feel like it when i if I were to invest my money in a hedge fund, it's a very different experience You're not logging onto to a website and seeing exactly where your money is because the hedge fund has a secret sauce. And if they told you their secret sauce, if they told you their secret trading strategy in great detail, you could just copy it or you could tell someone at another hedge fund about it.
2: Hedge funds don't only invest in nice, liquid things like stocks. Your, your mutual funds, what they do is they invest in stocks. And one of the markets which has actually worked reasonably well during this financial crisis has been the stock market. You can pretty much name any halfway's big stock and there will be a price for it. And you can get that price for it today. You can go into the market and you can buy at that price. You can sell at that price. It's a market-clearing price. Hedge funds invest in all manner of weird and wonderful and opaque and illiquid instruments. And you don't know what the price is. Even if the hedge fund was perfectly happy telling you exactly what it invested in, it wouldn't be at all obvious how much those things were worth.
0: You're talking about credit default swaps, collateralized debt obligations, interest rate swaps, on and on and on. I mean, all sorts
2: of... Loans, companies, you know, uh, private equity firms and hedge funds are not that far apart. They have a very similar fee structure. But let's say I'm a hedge fund or a private equity fund and I buy Hilton Hotels. And then you're like, well, so how much is my investment worth today compared to how much was it worth yesterday or the month before? You know, you basically have to pull a number out of thin air for that one because it's the value of the equity in Hilton Hotels. And because there's no publicly traded market in that, you don't know what. That there's no easy way of, of coming up with a number for that.
1: Okay. So I'm listening to Felix Salmon and I'm thinking you are giving your money to someone and you have no idea what they're doing with it. You just hope that you're going to get some money back every so often during the year. That's it. Yeah. yeah, I
0: know. That is what is so weird. I mean, there are some hedge funds that are pretty open. They'll send you a statement like, you know, like Fidelity does or TIA Creft does, Um But others are completely secretive. I mean, absolutely secretive. You give them $30 million and they just send you a check once a year, four times a year, and they don't tell you anything about how you make money. That's amazing. It is amazing. And it's a big part of New York wealth. It's a big part of California wealth and Florida wealth. You know, if you're really, really rich – Part of your life is like a buddy of yours at the club or someone you work with or someone you went to law school with will call you up and say, oh, man, have I got a sweet deal with this hedge fund. You should put $30 million in. And a lot of times you call and the hedge fund says, no, we don't want your money. Hmm. So people fight for the right to give money to someone like Madoff.
1: So does this mean that all hedge funds are basically like Madoff is accused of being they're just stealing money?
0: Absolutely not. I mean, there is a protection there. There. There's not a huge amount of protection, but there is a protection because pretty much, as far as we know, every hedge fund, pretty much everyone except for Madoff's, Madoff's was the one exception, pretty much every hedge fund that we know of, when they place an investment, they do it through an intermediary. They don't directly buy stocks or bonds or Chinese shoe factories or whatever. They call a primary broker, a desk at Goldman Sachs or J.P. Morgan at another institution. And that forces them to at least be a bit honest about how much money they have.
2: Everything that hedge funds do goes through banks, ultimately, regulated banks. And the banks look after the hedge fund's money. And you have these big auditors and the banks are lending the hedge fund's money day in and day out, and they won't lend the hedge fund money unless the hedge fund actually has all of the assets to borrow against. And hedge funds are very closely scrutinized by the banks, and the banks are very closely scrutinized by the bank regulators. And so it's very hard for a hedge fund to be a fraud. Whereas Bernie- wait, wait, let me just,
0: I just want to make sure that's crystal clear, because this is such a crucial point that you've really brought to my attention. Any normal hedge fund, Whatever their strategy is, whether it's buying Russian bonds and selling, you know, Chinese shoe factories or whatever it is, <laughs> yes. they themselves don't call Russia and say, "Can I have some bonds?" and then call China and say, "Let me sell it." They are they use an intermediary, exactly. u- usually an investment bank. Bank back when there were investment and, and, banks, and those
2: intermediaries are called prime, brokers. prime and, brokers. and the banks make lots and lots of money from what's known as their prime brokerage operations.
0: And and so 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 that is a a crucial check on on the recklessness of a hedge fund there has to be some other outside institution like Goldman Sachs acting on their behalf and if they're totally lying or nuts Goldman Sachs is going to say whoa 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 we don't want to have anything to do with this
2: well put it this way if if i go up to Goldman Sachs and say buy me a million shares of IBM, they'll say, sure. And they'll go out and they will take my money and buy a million shares of IBM. But if I don't have any money, they won't do that. Right. Okay. That's a much simpler (laughs) way to put it. Okay. So Bernie Madoff did not call Goldman Sachs. Bernie Madoff had the great advantage of owning his own investment house, Bernard L. Madoff Investment Securities. And all of the investments that he made on behalf of his clients were traded through his own investment house so there was no second pair of eyes looking at this and if he turned up to you know and he if he told his investors that he'd done something they just had to take it on his word they didn't have they didn't know that there was any prime broker who was lending to him who was looking at what he was doing they they did know that his results were audited it turns out they were audited by one man and his dog in the tie-dye t-shirt in New City, New York, who doesn't ever turn up for work.
0: Yeah, that's an incredible, incredible story. That just – that one aspect I love. Someone hired a private investigator to say, wait, who is auditing him? And it literally was one man <laughs> and a dog who never showed up for work. So, OK. Um, so so when we describe the hedge fund universe and, – and Bernie Madoff is not technically a hedge fund –
2: you right. Say- now, now the hedge funds, remember that the hedge funds can do many things which you and I can't. We can invest in stocks really easily, but if we want to invest in bonds, it's harder. If we want to invest in, say, private equity, it's it's almost impossible. If we want to invest in CDO squares and CPDOs and all other weird, opaque, and wonderful financial instruments, forget about it. For that, to be able to buy the full panoply Of financial instruments which are available to hedge funds you need to be what's known as a qualified institutional buyer like a hedge fund and um and so there are lots of things which hedge funds can buy which you and I cannot and one of the things which hedge funds can buy which you and I could not was investing in rather investing with Bernie Madoff that a lot of hedge funds placed their money with Bernie Madoff. And those hedge funds would charge fees to their their investors. And the investors were perfectly happy to pay fees because Bernie Madoff was providing incredibly reliable returns. And amazingly and weirdly and uniquely and incomprehensibly, Bernie Madoff was not charging any kind of management fee for this. He said, oh, you know what, I'll do this just because it's a strategy, which involves lots of trading, and I'll make my money off commissions.
1: Uh, The charge is that Madoff was taking money and he was telling everyone he was investing it in some way or another. And there was nobody who could figure out what he was doing because he ran his own trading operation. It was a closed loop, the whole thing.
0: The whole thing was a loop. There was no one outside of his little loop to look in on him. In fact. According to the reports, he had this one auditor who really was one guy (laughs) in his flip flops, and a lot of really, really smart, but apparently, you know, fairly gullible investors, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. So and and you asked Felix a, a really crucial question, I thought.
1: If indeed $50 billion sort of went away, where did it go?
2: The way the Ponzi schemes work is that the money coming in, new investments, is being used to pay the notional interest payments or, or, or gains which are being made to the existing investors.
1: And that's what he's accused of doing.
2: And that's exactly... He, he allegedly admitted to his sons that that was what he had been doing all along, that the money went out almost as fast as it went in because although people were investing with him the whole time, he then needed to use their money to pay the people who thought that they were earning millions of dollars on their tens of millions of dollars of investments. In fact, that tens of millions of dollars didn't exist, and the money they were getting as checks every year was coming straight from the new investors who were so coming into his funds. So
1: it's already sort of steamed off the kettle.
2: Exactly. We've but never it did go... Be- I
0: mean, the point is that he himself... While he clearly profited to some insane degree, he himself did not take all the $50 billion or whatever it turns out to be. We still have a lot to learn. He was paying money out to clients.
2: Yes. Anytime the, you it, wanted to redeem money from, from Benny Madoff, he would give it to you immediately, no questions asked. So Until the, yes. seven billion dollars worth of investors all wanted to redeem their money at once, and that was when he—that was when the smash came. It sort of breaks forward.
1: the chain when a bunch of people come he forward didn't and say, like, "Give us our money."
2: He didn't have seven. Any one person could redeem, no problem. But when seven billion dollars worth of people all asked for their money at once, he didn't have that money.
1: So in this scenario, who loses? The, the newest comers to the investment fund?
2: Yes. And it's entirely possible that anyone who has made gains or has had, who uh, has taken money out from Bernie Madoff in the past, might be asked to give some of that money back.
1: Thank you to Felix Salmon, blogger extraordinaire with Portfolio.com.
0: We'll be bringing you more on hedge funds all this week on the podcast and on the blog and on the radio. You can find it all at npr.org slash money.
1: Keep listening. Keep asking questions. I'm Laura Conway,
0: And I'm Adam Davidson. Thank you for listening.